Good evening, everybody. My name is Jordan McCrone, and this is episode 95 of Sodom and I. Now, today is February 14th. Some people may be celebrating Valentine's Day, but let's talk about the greatest love there is, right? Laying one's life down for his friends. So we're just going to jump right into it. I hope you guys got your physical Bibles. Now, I will read this first one on um, in KJV, but for the rest of these, except for one other one, I'll be reading it in NKJV on my Bible app because it is quite a few. So, you know, if you need to pause and read it to gain some context, then go ahead and do that. But John chapter 15 verses 13 through 15. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends, if ye do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth, but I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. Jesus laid down his life for us, so we ought to return the favor by dying to ourselves and for living and living for him. Since we are not our own and we were brought, we were bought at a price. First Corinthians chapter six, verse 20. For you were bought at a price in NKJV. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. For God made him who knew no sin to become sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him, Jesus. And that is 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. And then I'm also going to read verse 21. Right, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. 21, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So with this being said, let's talk about what old man and new man represent within ourselves. Right. And this is kind of a kind of also a continuation of spiritual circumcision and we can view this in Romans chapter 5 verses 12 and then skipping to 15 through 19. So, therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world and death through sin and thus death spread to all men because all sinned, all men because all sinned. Verse 15, but the free gift is not like the offense for if by the one man's offense, many died much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ abounded to many. And the gift is not like that, which came through the one who sinned for the judgment, which came from one offense resulted in condemnation, but the free gift which came from many offenses, resulted in justification. 
For if by the one man's offense, death reigned through the one, much more, much more, those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. Therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation, even so through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. Also, by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. Mm-hmm. Right. So and then there was that. And then also First Corinthians chapter 15 Verses 42 through 49. So also is the resurrection of the dead. The body is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body in it. Yeah, it is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. However, the spiritual is not first, but the natural. The natural is first. And afterward, the spiritual The first man was of the earth, made of dust. The second man is the Lord from heaven. Hallelujah. As was the man of dust, so also are those who are made of dust. And is as the heavenly man, capital M, so are those who are heavenly. And as we have borne the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man. So from these two passages, we can take from that and understand the old man equals the first Adam and the new man equals the last Adam, a.k.a. Jesus Christ. So this shows us that our old man represents our old ways, right? Old ways of the world, of the dust, Whatever that may look like for you. And now, what that may look like for me or what that does look like for me, my old man, smoking. I haven't smoked in a very long time. I'm actually proud of myself. This is the longest I have gone without smoking. So that's like smoking, sex, uh, being angry. I used to be so angry just just hold grudges and judging people. I've definitely, God God has worked on a lot in me, right? And I know that people might consider things worse or better, but all sin is the same in God's eyes and nothing is too far gone for God to forgive, right? Our new man is made in the likeness of Christ Jesus who washed us with the water or washed us with water and cleansed us with the word. And reference to that is Ephesians chapter 5, verse 26, 
that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. Right. So we hear all this old man, new man. How do we become Christ like? Okay. so in first Peter chapter two, verses 21 through 24, when Jesus suffered for us, he left us an example to follow. So for this to you who were called because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps. Right. Not only did Jesus go through this stuff, but he left us an example of what to do. And I don't want to say in his absence because he's still alive, just not, you know, he's just not physically here. But he left us an example to follow in his steps. Verse 22, who committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth? Who, when he was reviled, did not revile in return? And we'll get to this in a second. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges righteously, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. Right. And when I see on the tree and on the cross, this is this is an NKJV, but I would actually like to look at the KJV version of this KJV. Or well, it says on the tree. It does. Who his own self bear our sins on his own body on the tree that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness by whose stripes ye were healed. Cross was most likely made out of wood. I'm not even going to say most likely. I'm sure it wasn't made out of metal. (laughs) I'm sure it wasn't made out of metal. So let's break this down, right? So this is what Jesus did. And now let's look at verses that um, confirm, that give us some confirmation, you know, on what we should and should it be doing right the first one committed no sin let's go to first john chapter 3 verse 9 whoever has been born of god does not sin for his seed remains in him and he cannot sin because he has been born of god two nor was deceit found in his mouth. Let's go to Ephesians chapter four, verse 29. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification that it may impart grace to the hearers, right? And I won't give you guys everything. I definitely want you, if you're confused or like if you want more information on something, I definitely urge you to go and look it up. What does edification mean? I don't know. (laughs) I do know. But go ahead and, you know, search it out for yourselves if you need that clarification. Moving forward. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges righteously. So let's go to 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. 
not returning evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, blessing, knowing that you were called to this, that you may inherit, inherit a blessing. Next, James chapter one, verse 12. Blessed is the man who endures temptation for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him, right? And when we hear temptation, sometimes we hear, uh, you know, if smoking is your thing, you know, you're tempted to do that. If drinking is your thing, you're tempted to do that. If anything else is your thing, you know, sex, drugs, other drugs is, you know, your temptation. We, we, namely, we mainly think of that. But you could be tempted to get angry, you could be tempted to feel uh, um, offensive. You can get tempted to do a number, you know, have a number of emotions. But, you know, he who endures temptation for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Right. And now we're going to go to Second Corinthians chapter one. Verses three through four. Blessed be God. Blessed be the God and the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with we. uh, Yeah, which we ourselves are comforted by God. Right. He did not threaten, but he committed himself to him who judges righteously. Now, lastly, for this one, 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 19 through 20. For this is commendable, and this is the verses right above, you know, 21 through 24, the examples. For this is commendable. If because of conscience towards God, one endures grief, suffering wrongfully. For this is commendable because we might not have got that. If because of conscience toward God, one endures grief, suffering wrongfully. For what credit is it if when you are beaten for your faults, you take it patiently? But when you do good and suffer, if you take it patiently, this is commendable before God. Essentially saying, even when somebody does you wrong, suffering wrongfully, wrongfully, even when somebody does that, when you have that and you take it patiently, this is commendable before God. God appreciates that because then that's us dying to ourselves. That's us being tempted to get angry, to be like, you know, but they were wrong anyways. Okay. God finds it commendable when you endure that in his name. God is good, right? So this shows us that our old man represents our old ways, whatever that may look like for you. You know, everybody is not the same. We all have different temptations. We might have similar, we might have the same, but whatever that may look like for you, nothing is too far gone for God to forgive. Mm. Our new man is made in the likeness of Christ Jesus, right? So let's go. Do, do, do.
we're going to go to Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, right? And these are just more verses that uh, give some confirmation on old man, new man, you know, why we live in Christ. So Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. We already know there's no greater love. Romans chapter 6, and this is verses 1 through 11, right? What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Should I keep sinning just because I know that God is going to give me grace? Certainly not. Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. New man died to the old man, into the new man. We're walking in the newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly We also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. We should no longer be slaves of sin, for he who has died has been freed from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we also live with him, that we shall also live with him. If we died with him, we will also live with him. Knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. He died to sin once for all of us. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead, indeed to sin, but alive to God. Hallelujah. In Christ Jesus, our Lord. Right. So the whole the whole fashion of Jesus dying on the cross and then being resurrected is how we should live every day we die to ourselves every day to live to be alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord Mm. this whole thing look is literally a love story okay hello it's a love story (laughs) Brooklyn looking at me I'm like hello he's like yes mom (laughs) so next Ephesians chapter 2 did I just read that no I did not I read 1 through 11. Now we're reading Ephesians chapter 2, 11 through 22. You see what God did? He's funny. Oh, here we go again. Circumcision. Therefore, remember that you, hi, that is me, and that is anybody else who's listening to this, who's not Jewish, 
Remember that you once, uh, once Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision made in the flesh by hands, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by, hallelujah, the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation. Mm. Having abolished in his flesh the enmity, the enmity that is the law of commandments contained in ordinances, so as to create in himself, hang in there, hang in there, <laughs> so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace, and that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross thereby putting to death the enmity and that he came and preached peace to you who were afar off and to those who were near for through him we both have access by one spirit to the father now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners but fellow citizens excuse me son Thank you. But fellow citizens with the saints and the members of the household of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom the whole building being fitted together, being fitted together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord. Sorry, I was looking at Brooklyn. In whom you are also being built together for a dwelling place of God in the spirit. Mm. So we're building. He's building us up. You ever heard our body is our temple? That's Bible too. It's a temple for the Holy Spirit. We're being built up to be a proper temple for the Holy Spirit a part of God, the Holy Triune, to reside in, to abide in. He lives in us, right? So now let's jump to Ephesians chapter 4, verses 17 through 24. We're almost there, y'all. Or this is 17 through 19 and then 21. I probably skipped this by accident. Did I? Yeah, it's supposed to be 17 through 24. Uh, Let's do this. Do, 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 do. Read whole chapter. 17. There we go. The new man. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in him, because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness to work all uncleanness with greediness. But you have not so learned Christ. 
if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man, which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, you put on the new man, which is created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Take off the old man and put on the new man. We're no longer blind. If you're listening to this podcast, uh, you know, you're you're receiving your sight. You're not blind no more. Wow. What a revelation. You're not blind no more. This is episode 95. <laughs> This is episode 95. You know, we're not, you know, we don't got that 2020 vision just yet. <laughs> I don't got that 2020 vision just yet. And I never, I, I try not, I, I don't claim to. You know, we're learning this together. That's why this podcast was created. But we ain't got that 2020 yet. But we also not at like zero, zero. You feel me? We, we, we getting there. We getting there. So now. We are going to go to Romans chapter 8. Right, We're bringing it back to the love. This is all about the love that Jesus, Jesus loved us so much. This whole thing is also about how much we love Jesus. To be willing to, to leave our old pattern, our old ways of thinking, our old patterns of thinking and how we saw life and putting on the new man and living for Christ understanding things in a different way, asking the Holy Spirit for revelation, asking the Holy Spirit for wisdom, you know, and discernment for him to show us things, for God to reveal things to us, right? We're no longer blind. We're not blind no more. We might need some glasses, but we can still see, you know, we still got some eyesight. Our hearts aren't blinded anymore. They're opening up, right? Where we're supposed to be transitioning from believership to discipleship believership is the first step you know this isn't condemning anyone who is in believership but just know believership is not the end goal it's just the beginning of the race Mm, god eight so romans chapter eight verses 35 through 39 Right, we're almost done. Hang in there, y'all. This hasn't really, this hasn't really been that long. I done has, I done had some longer podcast now. We know went on for longer before. We only had twenty six minutes. It's all right. So Romans chapter eight, uh, da, 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 verses thirty nine. Now, why would you do that, Jordan? Thirty nine, thirty five through thirty nine. Love that for me. <laughs> so. Who, who could ever, who could ever divorce us from the endless love of God's anointed one? Absolutely no one. I had to read this in TPT, okay? TPT is passionate, baby. The passion translation. Who could ever divorce us from the endless love of God's anointed one? Absolutely no one. Absolutely no one. For nothing in the universe has the power to diminish his love towards us. Troubles, pressures, and problems are unable to come between us and heaven's love. 
What about persecutions, deprivations, dangers, and death threats? No, for they are all impotent to hinder omnipotent love, even though it is written, all day long we face death and threats for your sake, God. We are considered to be nothing more than sheep to be slaughtered. Yet, even in the midst of all these things, we triumph over them all. For God has made us to be more than conquerors. Come on, more than conquerors, conquerors. His demonstrated love is our glorious victory over everything. Hallelujah. So now I live with the confidence that there is nothing in the universe with the power to separate us from God's love. That's how strong his love is. I'm convinced that his love will triumph over death, life's troubles, fallen angels, or dark rulers in the heavens. There is nothing in our present or future circumstances that can weaken his love. There is no power above us or beneath us. No power that could ever be found in the universe that can distance us from God's passionate love, which is lavished upon us through our Lord Jesus, the anointed one. Woo, I had to read that in TPT. Nothing, nothing can separate us from the love of God. And that is Bible. He said it himself. It's his word. That's Bible. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Right? So today, let us realize that Valentine's Day has no special meaning to God because God is love. He don't just love us on one day out of the year. You're not supposed to just love nobody on one day out of the year. God is love, right? First John chapter four, verse 16. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love. And he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. Right? God has always been. Let me boast in the Lord. God has always been, always is, and always will be. He is the great I am. He is our everlasting father who loves us with an everlasting love. Jeremiah chapter 31 verse 3. The Lord has appeared of old to me saying, yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with thanks, with thanksgiving, with kindness, ha! therefore, with loving kindness, we give God thanksgiving. God gives us loving kindness. I have drawn you mm. because he always is. His love will always be. That is what true love looks like. And then lastly, not only should the above verses, all of these verses, that's, that's 16 verses. Not only should the above verses show the level of love, how much God has uh, for us, but also how much we love him. First John chapter four, verse 19. We love him because he first loved us. 
Mm. Right? What a... If you want to talk about love, this is love. I'm not going to lie. I never knew true love before I got to know God. Like... You know, you know the 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 un, you know the, the unconditional love your parents are supposed to give you. I can't say that for everybody because I don't know everybody's situation, but you know it's love that your parents give you. You know, there's is love that your friends give you. That jive is definitely conditional. You know, I used to think the the only I could only really like love somebody if if I had sex with them. You know, I thought that was the highest form of intimacy. Now, with your husband and wife, that is, because, you know, everything's in the imitation of God, but God has really shown me true love, and I am just so thankful and grateful for his presence in my life, and I I hope, I pray for you guys to feel that. You know, if you feel like he's overlooking you, if you feel unseen, God is unseen, but his love is not. We see his love in other people. We see his love in the ways he blesses us. We see his love in just in just everything. Look for the love of God in everything. And I promise you will see his hand. Oh, hallelujah. God is just so good. And now, like I always say at the end of these episodes, I pray that you guys stay blessed I pray that you you stay a blessing unto others. Show other people the love of God so they can also feel his love, you know? Be a blessing unto others. And I love you, but God surely, God surely loves you so much more than I do. You have a wonderful night and God bless you all.